Chapter 3, The Vacuum of Identity According to the American Psychological Association Dictionary of Psychology, the word identity is defined as an individual's sense of self-defined by a, a set of physical, psychological, and interpersonal characteristics that is not wholly shared with any other person and be a range of affiliations, i.e. ethnicities and social roles. Identity involves a sense of continuity or the feeling that one is the same person today that one was yesterday or last year, despite physical or other changes. Such a sense is derived from one's body sensations, one body's image, and the feeling that one's memories, goals, values, expectations, and beliefs belong to the self. Our identity is predicated upon our past experiences of being shaped like children. Identity establishes characteristics and memories that allow us to share happiness or pain with others. How we communicate these emotions are due to the concentric circles that we have been nurtured. Understanding the importance of what or to whom we expose our lives is essential. Young girls need to be exposed to the daily experiences of their mother when they are toddlers and young babies. The role of a mother is paramount in the early development and identity of the young girl because it provides the child with a template of who she can become. Additionally, when the young girl is exposed to a positive mother, a mother sees a future for her daughter, and the girl finds happiness and confidence in her future. With a heart for her, the mother tries to show her positive things a loving mother wishes to pass on to her daughter. Consequently, the Bible reveals how God blesses this type of mother. This mother is considered to be a mother with godly intent, according to the Bible. Passages from the Bible to corroborate this is found in Isaiah 66 and 13, where it says, She is a nurturer. She is a nurturer mother. She is humble. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says, And this mother is dedicated to her marriage, job, and family. Proverbs 31 says, This mother can forgive her spouse or others if needed. Ephesians 4th chapter 31st through the 32nd verse says, This mother loves her family unconditionally. John, the first chapter, 4th through the 7th verse says, The godliest character that a mother can show her daughter is her willingness to know that she was wrong and ask for forgiveness. And that scripture is found in 1st John, the 1st and the 9th verse it is essential to emphasize that the mother must have positive and stable emotions toward the young girls strongly enough to seek 
autonomy in shaping the character and mind of her daughter. This type of mother has internal love and mercy for the daughter that is strong and unwavering. All parents play an important part in the development of their children. It does not matter the age of the parent-child relationship. It does matter how it is maintained. As a child growing up needing the love and affirmation of their parents, it is imperative not to allow long periods of time to pass that a mother does not affirm and teach her daughter her value or wealth, which means that young children are naive to the whims or negativity of the world when they are learning how to build relationships. Therefore, we become impressionable and willing to quickly receive information or examples of what we look like from other sources. When we are exposed to playmates who are the same age or slightly older and who have been exposed to more negativity than we have, we can be coerced into taking part in something we are not exposed to, such as sexual acts, stealing, smoking, or learning how to lie and swear. This is a real problem for the parent because they are unaware of this slow transition in the child's minds and emotions, and its gradual growth goes unnoticed. However, if the parent is continually checking in with the child, talking with them, asking them questions, and even meeting uh, the parents of their children's friends, you can build a picture of who your child's friends are. We must not allow the vacuum of not having time to spend quality time with our children to become the normalcy of their lives. From experience, it is essential to remain connected to the child, regardless of the child. Space and time must be made for them, or a vacuum effect will occur, and the detriment of what is placed in that space could be the difference between your child maintaining a well-rounded, balanced life. A proverb in the Bible tells us to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Every child needs to be trained and nurtured as if the parent cares for their well-being and safety. The it that the Proverbs is directing us to pay attention to is the love, support, affirmation, chastisement, joy, life lessons, and acceptance they will experience for the foundational building blocks of their personality. That is why it is essential to teach your child the importance of respecting others' feelings and being mindful of how they address people, which can only be done effectively by the parents. The instructions from the parents are crucial to the child because they are considered the child's authority figure. If the instructions are coming from the parents, it merits more acceptance and approval of the child to listen and agree to, the, to follow them. There is something known as child abuse 
from the parent and abuse afflicted on the child by the parent. As mentioned earlier, the age of abuse from the abuser has no age limit. Consequently, we carry the remnants of emotional and physical or mental abuse with us if we have been exposed to or experienced it. These feelings of trauma are not easy to forget or be delivered from. Many of us experienced abuse in the past to the point that we learn to suppress or live with the pain. This later creates division among the person. A passage in the Bible talks about the bone and marrow of a person being pierced by the word of God. This is found in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the twelfth verse, and it provides a different analogy that includes hope and deliverance through the word of God and its ability to reach more profound than the heart and mind of a person. Thus, this is the hope and the help that believers in Christ learn to believe and trust in for our affirmations and instructions of discipline and hope when times are hard. We face trials and circumstances that cause abuse and pain when trying to live a life that pleases God, our Father. For believers in Christ, the Word of God is the sovereign Word directly from God, our Father. Just like our human parents, their instructions and encouragement are supposed to help us avoid becoming stagnant or complacent about becoming productive on a path toward understanding our purpose. Additionally, like the belief system we come to embrace, we must find the path that would allow us to find joy and peace while learning how to make the necessary corrections along the way. This will enable us to trust the process and the information we are learning deeply enough to believe it is for our good. The vacuum effect would attempt to substantiate everything you have worked toward achieving. What you believe to be your purpose is placed on hold due to your past mistakes and present circumstances. Our emotions tells us that what happened to us in our past is why our lives are the way they are. The emotions that sometimes fuel our memories tell us that someone in our past is why we cannot fully love or care about someone. Our emotions permit our brain and body to stay in the past where the pain and hurt began. Thus, all of our thoughts and decisions are influenced by the past trauma or mistakes of our past. When we are young men and women, we have to find ways to communicate our trauma or painful thoughts with someone we trust. It is equally important to seek help and say something when you are emotionally or physically hurting. How do we process the shortcomings of our faith or hope when we begin to feel as if we would not be victorious. Many of us cannot move forward because we are stuck in a cycle of doubt and faithlessness. Ultimately, our pains and traumas cause us to relate past pains with new present experiences, 
Ultimately, our pains and traumas cause us to relate our past pains with new present experiences, and we begin to have self-doubt or insecurities about our ability to be happy. We become desensitized to the acceptance of love, joy, peace, and happiness because we still allow the past hurt to control our hearts as our hearts begin to control our mind. This is a vicious cycle in what's called stinking thinking. I learned this from my therapist who was instrumental in helping me see precisely what stinking thinking is. He told me that these thoughts sabotage the ability to see the world clearly and to be accountable for our actions. It is easier to realize that having these thoughts are sometimes the only thoughts a person could have. Because of the vacuum effect, we see the proverbial glass as half empty instead of half full. The vacuum effect works just like the supernatural acts of Satan, meaning in the Bible, Satan is identified as the accuser of the brethren. It is his job to reveal our mistakes and our shortcomings continuously. He also delights in pointing out the past traumas and circumstances that causes us the most emotional pain. This allows him to keep you in the cycle of grief and pain so that you spend the majority of your life fighting the traumas and not having the ability to seek deliverance and healing. As a result, we begin a different path in life that feels right for our current situation because our decisions have been made based on pain and possible anger. This is an invitation to more hurt, self-doubt, and pain because instead of helping to build foundational relationships and friendships with others, we are hurting the people we come in contact with and do not feel any remorse. Our ability to stretch our hands and minds to think that we can accept the person as flawed or not perfect becomes clouded. And the negative treatment and abuse from a person becomes accepted. When you begin to think and feel this way, something more profound and paralyzing is happening. We are allowing our past to control the outcome of how we make decisions or handle conflict. Consequently, this also sparks childhood or young adult memories that initiate the hamster wheel in our thinking patterns. Psychologists have developed a term that addresses this feeling of being paralyzed as arrested development. According to Psychology Today, arrested development is the stoppage of physical, emotional, and mental development before reaching adulthood and considering the definition of arrested development and its correlation to the vacuum effect we can make a case for the correlation between the two. Meaning, since a person experienced trauma or abuse in their childhood, this has caused them to have battles of insecurities and feelings of anger and pain 
this is and can easily lead to a person being arrested. We cannot take for granted that something had happened in our lives as a child does not have an effect on us to the point that our growth and development has become arrested developed. Earlier we discussed how trauma and painful emotions affect people differently. What may traumatize a person into arrested development may not affect another person who experiences identical traumas. Many of us will be able to continue to grow up to be adults and still not know that we are suffering from arrested development. It is not because it is hidden or is a rare occurrence. It is because our minds compartmentalize the trauma and mask it as being part of our adult personality. We can grow up thinking that our quirkiness or how we handle certain things is inherited from someone in our family or how we handle things. However, what if your personality is infused with remnants of your arrested development? How would you know where the stoppage in the development started and the normal child development stopped? Only a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist can accurately help with that. As adults, we begin to feel the repercussions of arrestment development when we hear all of the negative things that, the, that we heard about ourselves as a child. And we begin to allow our minds to program our actions to reflect the negative past thoughts from our childhood. So responding to the vacuum effect, this sounds very much like a vacuum effect because the negative words have overwritten the free space waiting for a parent or loved one to fill it with affirmations and love. Some arrested development traits that may present are identical to the vacuum effect. Here are some ways promiscuity, lack of accountability, lying, unreliable, judgmental, bullying, unsafe behaviors, black and white thinking, addictions, tantrums, and excessive cursing. Remember, these are traits that we may see and identify with as adults and in people with whom we have dated or become friends. It is not their fault that they have these traits. We must find a way to help them understand that they are living within the vacuum effect. Then help them find help with being delivered from it as well. Unfortunately, this is a form of bondage that has attached itself to the mind and heart of that person to the point it's living and breathing inside and in their lives. When we consider the spiritual aspects of how to be delivered from both developmental gaps, we can look at what the Bible tells us about the remedy or solution from a stronghold. The Bible tells us that there are something known as being delivered from the mindset that opposes God's plan. It's called redemption. 
When the Bible talks about redemption, it says there's another way to act, think, and live. It's nothing complicated to do if a person accepts the Bible's teaching as the written word of God. There are many instances where deliverance and restorations of a person's mind, body, and spirit happen. Therefore, just like we read in today's psychology or medical journals, there's also written proof that spiritual deliverances can happen through faith and grace. The vacuum effect and arrested development are real. It is tangible and touchable when we meet a person suffering from either of these situations. A natural person can be diagnosed with these disorders just by listening and observing this person as they committedly come to every session looking for answers on hope and how to cope with these traits. I propose that it is possible for God, our Creator, can deliver us from these traits. Scriptural references talk about two miracles of a man and a woman being healed from the sickness and evil thinking. That's found in Mark, the fifth chapter, and Acts, the 16th chapter. These two references confirm that people can be healed from bad thoughts or behavior. Additionally, other scriptures affirm, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage battle according to the flesh. For our weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive. To the obedience of Christ. That's found in 2 Corinthians 10th chapter, 3rd through the 5th verse. Also, therefore I urge you, brethren and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's found in Romans, the 12th chapter, the first and the second verse. We were created by God to worship him and to love only him. Yet at the fall of Adam and Eve, we were disconnected or divorced from God. And the Spirit of God no longer dwell with humankind. We were created to trust and rely on Him for all things. God provided us with everything we needed and placed us in a place to not worry about anything. This is similar to how a parent and child relationship starts today. When the child relies on the parent for everything, and this pleases the parent, the parent's love and bond are strengthened because of the trust and love between both. Just like in our lives, when Adam and Eve trusted Satan for their lives and directions by disobeying God's plan, they were disconnected from the wisdom of God. As children, we grow to love, obey, and respect our parents so much 
that we trust every word and believe that they will protect us from all harm. Reconciliation and trust in God can help us return to the bright and joyous mind we were created with to love and hold on to faith in the future. I am confident of this because it was God who assured us, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and plan not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. It's found in Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, 11th verse. Finally, our identity is complicated and very impressionable. When we are born, we are given parents to take care of us and nurture us in a way that we should learn and love. However, sometimes our parents may have experienced arrested development to the point that they impose their damage and stoppage on the child. And as a result, the parent's stoppage becomes the beginning of the child's arrested development and a cycle of hurt and trauma is passed to the next generation. God desires that we reconnect with the love and grace that he initially created us. You see, God's love is implanted in us at birth because we have not grown into sin or experienced rebellion against love. So we are inherently happy through the Spirit of God to connect and bond with our parents and family when we are born. When the arrested development and the vacuum effect of the parent begins to shape the child's memories, the child is now in danger of starting the generational curse. God has a plan and purpose for everyone created. Some were made and immediately attracted to rebellion and pain. Then others were immediately drawn to happiness, peace, and joy. Can you recall anyone telling you that you were a happy baby that always smiled, a happy baby that gravitated toward happy people who showed love? You showed love back until something traumatically happened. Did your parents tell you when the trauma revealed themselves in your life as a baby or a child or a toddler or a teen? Do you remember something traumatic that altered your perception of the world so intensely that you began to regress or remain in a childlike state and did not want to grow up any further? Did you start to rebel about good things that are now bad and bad things that are now good? When people rebel... This is a cry to be rescued from the painful memories and traumas that cause us to emotionally split from who we were created to be to who we were created into due to the vacuum effect and arrested development. Help is available, but it starts with the individual acknowledging something is not ordinary and then seeking answers from people who can help with a conscious decision that will bring peace.